Hello, good day, good morning. God bless you. You are most welcome to to this edition of Marriage Diet with Festus Flourish Osemuahu. Today is the 20th day of the month of October 2020. God bless you. You are all welcome. Okay, um, yesterday we noticed that uh, Barbados just popped in into one of the countries that received our podcast. That is good news. We give God the glory. So our podcast have been heard in Barbados. And uh, we trust God that is going to continue to reach out to other nations of the world. Please, we rely on your um, work of spreading this gospel. As you listen to this audio, share with others. Um, That brings the number of countries that have listened to our audios or that are daily following our podcast to 20 countries. Let's keep sharing it. Let's keep reaching out to other nations and God will bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. All right. Who trained this boy to become your husband? That's the topic we started yesterday and it's such a very interesting topic. Um, If you have not listened to yesterday's audio podcast, I would advise you to do so so that you can connect with what we're going to be sharing much more today yesterday we talked about the fact that is basically the lessons that this young man learned from his father directly or indirectly that has um, turned him into who he is today all those formative years of his early beginnings somehow somewhere along the line these lessons came on board he learned them i've always argued i've always said it no father no mother is rare will sit a child down and say, okay, when you eventually get married tomorrow, this is what marriage is all about. This is how to go about things. It's rare. I'm not saying it's not possible. It is rare. But somehow, that school exists. In fact, the school is the is one of the most recognized schools on marriage and family living that there can be. It's informal. The father, the mother, and uncles and aunties are major teachers in the school. Okay, the father would teach most times by his acts and his actions. And the boy will be learning. So when it's time for the boy to also become the husband, somehow, psychologically, because he's been in tune into what he has learned from his father, he's going to regurgitate these things out and use them and will become part of him. So when we complain about our husbands, my husband is not like this, my husband is not like that. I mean, you just have to take your mind back and look at it from all the way from when he was younger. Okay, nobody taught him how to be a good man. And so let's drop this game of blaming our husbands most of the time. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a clean slate. We're starting all over again. We're learning newly, especially those of us who are daily following my podcast, okay? Give him a clean slate. Just believe that whatever he has done has just been out of, you know, sheer ignorance. And so, it's a season of learning. We have a system via this podcast and our teachings that are daily setting the standard and the way things should be done. And so, just give it some time. 
truly would believe that with time a lot of men will get into this understanding of how marriage should really be changing the mentality from how they had learned it from their father okay we talked about the father yesterday lessons from the father today let's talk about the lesson from the society all right again the society has become one of the kind of informal system that trains boys to become husbands and hey the society too also trained your boy or your husband that was once a boy into your husband today so he's a husband today because he's been trained by different personalities the father trained him indirectly the society also trained him how now let's break it down let's break it down now growing up as a little boy from day one the very day he got into the school you would realize that even the school system which of course is um, uh, a part of the society at large will have a way of segregating between the male and the female at the assembly there is going to be a role a line for the boys there's going to be a line for the girls and now that already tells him that the boy and the girl they are different okay now when it's time for examination or okay let me talk about results after examination remember those days so it's time to start sharing results most times they start announcing from the males okay or they will do it in such a way that the male have um, um, higher attention they'll give it to them uh, the senior prefect okay now let me even take it from that dimension the senior the one who give positions to them in school the one who call out the names is from the senior prefect even when they call it out the senior prefect is seen as the highest rank office in the school some even in the examination the way they announce it you will just see this dichotomy of the boy and the girl they are different okay and then the senior boy of the school is higher than the senior girl all right now they start taking note of these things the society is telling them that the boy is higher than the girl the society is teaching them that the girl is different from the boy of course it will grow up that way now um you also notice that even when <laughs> trying to um well let me not even go too far into the university level I mean, just trying to get to play around neighborhood with friends, with uncles and aunties. You will see that the boy is giving that more recognition because they see him as the head to the, to the family. Okay, there is that honor that is given to the boy when he goes outside. The girl, and that's the problem we have in Africa. Well, that has changed in most developed countries of the world where you don't really care which gender you have, um, whether girl or boy. But in Africa, oh, you've got to be a boy for you to be highly respected as a parent that you have given birth to children. And even the boys outside, there's a way they will pamper them, there's a way they will carry them. Again, it's about the society, teaching the boys the way things are. They are higher than the girls they are not equal with the girls and somehow these boys will start learning taking note of some of these things some of the ways that the society tries to create a dichotomy um, 
I remember, okay, let me even talk about, if you're talking about sporting activities in the school, inter-house sports, okay, there will be the one for the boys, there will be the one for the girls. And uh, if there's going to be a prize money for winners at, with the both categories, the one for the boys will be higher than that of the girls. Now, if you look at it today, even in terms of the organized sporting activities, what they pay the boys is higher than what they pay the girls. Most football leagues for women in the world today, they are struggling to even have sponsors. It's different. They go to World Cup, they pay the girls differently, they pay the boys differently. The same Olympic team, you have the boys, you have the girls, they're going to pay the girls separately, differently, they're going to pay the, 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 the boys differently. And now, the, if you look at the organized um, civil society, the career system, all right, um, there's a position you get to as a lady. <laughs> you, you just have to be very strong enough to be able to weather the storm for you to keep rising because it gets to a time where you get to a certain position, you begin to use this gender issue. So you are not a man, so you can't get up there. You are not a man, so you can't be the GMD. I mean, well, just recently, this woman, uh, Konjo Welia, that just became um, the WHO, is it? The, uh, is it WTO? All right, World Trade Organization, the president. I mean, the first female. So where have all the females been? So is it that these females have not been intelligent enough? Somehow, the society discriminates against these people, the women. The society has placed a certain kind of restriction or limitations over them. And, I mean, forget about whether they are professors or whatever, they just can occupy some sensitive positions. Today we are talking about in the political setup, oh, integrate more women. In the country where you have more women, we are talking about integrate more women. Are they less brilliant? Are they less intelligent? No. So why is it that we have more men in political offices than women? You just look around in most sensitive aspects of the society. In terms of leadership, we have more men in these places. And women that are very, very capable. But just for the father, she's a woman. She's knocked up. Now, what this means is psychologically, it will more affect the woman. It gets to a time, a woman might not want to even aspire to a certain level because as far as she's concerned, that position belongs to the man. So he doesn't even need to aspire to get to that level. And for some men, when you see a woman coming up with speed in terms of achievement, in terms of you know what she can do, what she's capable of doing, some of those men will feel threatened. They will even be the one that will deliberately knock the woman off just so that the woman will not become their boss. Find out how many men are comfortable having women as their boss. Now, this and many more explains the fact, the fact that a lot of men, when they eventually get into marriage, there is already that psychological edge they have over the woman. Yes, we might argue from here to tomorrow. The Bible says the man should be the head of the woman. The man, I repeat again, should be the head of the woman. The headship of the marriage is for the one that is the lover. Because the lover is the one that gives out himself. Give out what? Himself. The one that loves 
is the head. It's just like a TV series or you want to act a film. This okay. The one that takes this role, this particular cast, will be the um, the lead uh, cast of this movie. All right. This one, the one that takes this one, will be the um, supporting lead actor in this movie. Okay. Everything I've already been spelled out. As far as heaven is concerned, the one that loves is the head. That is actually what makes the man to be the head because originally and by God's divine arrangement, the man should love the wife. Okay, now, as it is today in most cases in our marriages, men are not lovers. They don't love wives because they genuinely love them. In most cases, they love them because of what they got between their legs. They went after them because of sex. And if we're talking about love today, the love they're practicing is not the sacrificial love. It's the love that compels the woman again to submit. So the Bible has its order. It has the way he has arranged these things. And the man truly is the head. There's no dispute about it. For the woman was made for the man, blah, 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 and all that. But you know, in God, there is no male and there is no female. It's just on earth here. It's for the purpose of check and balances. The woman has problem with leadership. So that's why God asks the husband to lead her. The man has problem with submission. That's why God asks the woman to submit to the man so that the man can learn submission. The marriage is a coded place. But the society has taught us something different. A servant is a leader. The society says, no, the man is the, is the leader and is the boss. And the boss is to be elevated into the throne. Some of us have heard this statement, servant leaders. Servants are leaders, uh, rather, uh, leaders are servants. Um, you know, we've heard of this statement. I have mentioned it several times. And if that is true of what leadership is all about, the leaders are servants. Uh, they are the ones that will serve the people. What that means is that the husband is actually a servant to who? To the wife. But the society said, no, the wife is the servant. The wife is inferior. The wife is second class. So the man over the time had grown up to believe that he, the man is the first, the woman is the second, and it goes that way. But not knowing, or over the time, the society has not been able to teach the man that, look, if you are the head, it means you have to lead by example. So the man carries this mentality into marriage. And um, in fact, while they are doing the wedding and a wedding program, he's already thinking about how he's going to boss the wife, how he's going to give instruction to the wife, how he's going to tell the wife, you are going to cut off these people, whether you like it or not, you cut them off. Do you hear some men say, don't you know I'm your husband? Yeah? You know what I mean by that statement? That being the husband means that they, they, they have the rights over all. And the woman naturally and compulsorily must, must respect them. Oh, you don't force respect from people. You earn it. It is not by bragging that, don't you know I'm the husband that makes you the head. It's by your actions. It's, it's by what you do. Being the head in the marriage takes a whole lot out of the one that is the head. It takes a whole lot of responsibility. And this is where we've got to rise up to correct things. You are the head because you are the lover. No argument about that. But don't allow the society to tell us that being the head means that you are the boss and everything comes under your table. No. 
the head in the marriage is a leader that leads by example that lays down his life so that's where he got it from he will become so cocky he will become so rude he's proud and if he has issues with the wife he gets to community people or places where they will need to talk about reconciliation instead of telling him man what you did was wrong they'll tell the woman apologize don't you know he's the husband now that we have a deadlock on this issue now you are the one that we apologize most time nobody tells the man you are wrong you don't treat a woman that way no we don't want to tell him the truth because the society says he is the head and whatever he does is good is right that's where most men got this mentality from where i go and lane go to this uh, counseling program and go and learn hey, you are the ones that they are talking to go and learn how to become a good wife because all the way from childhood nobody ever used that word he had never heard that word before to be a or to become a good husband nobody has ever said it the society has never promoted it that the boy has to become a good husband the boy has to learn how to become a good husband nobody has ever said it so he's quick to telling the wife go and learn how to be a good wife and that's why in churches in places where you have marital counselings and conferences men wouldn't go if they're talking about business oh they're going to be there but to say, go and learn how to behave well, because the society already tells them, whatever it is, you are in charge. Even if you are wrong, you are in charge. You don't even have to be right. Just take your place. If everything goes wrong, you push, pursue highway, bring in another woman, you are in charge. Can't we see that this is against the ordinance of the Bible? At least let's learn from Christ. Even if you do not want to believe me, or you do not want to agree with what I am trying to explain to us, let's look at the life of Christ. Imagine Christ being the husband, which of course he is. Then the church being just one woman. Yeah, because when I say we find it difficult to understand how we all, as children of God, amount to that one unit of a wife. Now, just imagine he has just one wife and just that one woman. At least let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at the life of Christ and this his beloved wife let's look at the way christ treats the wife let's look at the honor let's look at the he daily loads the wife with all manner of blessings kind of promises and understanding let's look at the disadvantaged position that christ had to subject himself to just so that we can be wealthy he had to be poor so that we can be wealthy he had to receive all the stripes upon his body so that we can be healed just imagine yes there were times he took the place of honor where i mean one of those occasions was when he was lying down in the deep deck in the in the ship where the storm rose up against them at least that was a place of honor but when the opportunity came for him to rise to the challenge over the enemy that was coming to destroy the church what did he do he didn't sleep off he rose up and he rebuked the storm you see christ being the leader he led by example he will stand in the front to fight the enemies and of course when there is time to begin to talk about honor he never took it to himself he would rather give the honor to the church now the church in turn because of what he has earned now has to give the honor back to him today we daily worship christ because he earned it not because anybody forced him on us is that not the standard of church 
and Christ? Is that on the same standard that's supposed to be between the husband and the wife? Where did we get this mentality from? That the woman is a slave and the man is the boss. Where did we get it from? From the society. From the society. In Christ, there is no one that is a slave. There is no one that is free. There is no one that is bound. There is no one that is loose. We are all equal before him. It's just that for the purpose of administrative leadership, one has got to be the head. And the only way you know the head is the one that loves most. The one that, 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 that uh, lays down his life daily for his wife. That is the only way you know the head. And the wife will eventually submit to him in all things. If we don't work with this principle, any other thing or any other way we are trying to go about it is absolutely wrong. It's unscriptural and we will not promote it here in MCI. This is what the truth is. We have got to follow the word of God. We have got to start telling our young people that, look, you have to earn that headship in marriage. She's not an animal. She's a human being. God has blessed her with so much, with grace. In fact, she's actually the powerhouse. She's a blessing to the husband. She's a blessing to our generation. Just imagine a world without women. Imagine a world without a woman. Just imagine. I don't know how far you can imagine it. Just look around. There is no woman anywhere. Move from here around the world. There is no woman. It would have been a dull place. It would have been a place full of straight jacketed men, men that are horrible, who have who, are, who don't have interest in passion. I, I mean, I just imagine how horrible that kind of world would have been. It would have truly been very, very lonely and bored. Hey, God made this species of humans for a purpose. They came in to help us. Why don't we appreciate the value of the woman and learn how to make her and turn her into that wonderful being that God intentionally has made her to become. We can help her. She's not um, the enemy, okay? She's not here to contend with us. It it just comes down to understanding. She's such a very loving, you know, um, species of creation. We've got to love her. Love brings out the best in her. There is no point fighting. Men, let's change our mentality. Let's look at it the Christ and the church way. If you do, you will be blessed in your marriage in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's hold it here because of time. We'll continue from here tomorrow, okay? If you want to connect with us, please do so via our WhatsApp number, plus 234-810-71-26. And hey, we will get back to you. God bless you. Until we come your way again tomorrow, don't forget if marriage is an institution, then couples and singles must be students. God bless you. Shalom. Do have a great day.